welcome back to the Freewheeling Podcast. My name is Abby Mickey, and today, instead of doing a group discussion with Lauren, Amy, Gracie, and I, we're going to do something a little bit different. We chatted about Ride London in the last episode, and there was no Women's World Tour races over the weekend. So instead of previewing the Women's Tour, which I am currently watching the neutral rollout of stage one. I don't think we've ever got to see a neutral rollout of a women's race before ever. So really, really excited for the next freewheeling episode next week where we break down all the action at the women's tour. But this week we are turning to mountain biking. Amy chatted with Rebecca McConnell, the Australian who is currently topping all of the cross country mountain bike and short track races. She's won a bunch of the three world cups already for cross country and short track. And in general, we're big fans of her as a person. So Amy had a conversation with her. You can read the entire interview on cyclingtips.com if you want, but for now, please enjoy Amy's chat with Rebecca McConnell. We will be back next week. Thank you. Yeah, I guess we start from the top, kind of what got you into the sport and what's your kind of history? Have you always done mountain biking? Yeah, um, I guess like I just started riding with my dad and my older brother, Ben. I think um, it's a lot of pretty standard way that a lot of us get into the sport. Um, But yeah, I was like always sporty as a kid and then, you know, dropped the other sports as I got more into mountain biking. But yeah, I mean, I've been racing internationally since 2008 was my first time overseas and then you know world cups from 2010 so yeah I have like a you know I used to be like the young and up and coming rider but now I think I'm like (laughs) I've been in the sport actually kind of a long time um so yeah it's just like I yeah I've always been I've had like quite a lot of setbacks but yeah always been um chasing the mountain bike world cup scene nice and so yeah you say you've kind of you're not the up and coming rider, but obviously like you've been super consistent, but you got your first World Cup win in Brazil. What was, what led to that kind of, what got you that extra kind of percent to make, to get that win? Yeah, I think that's, um, that's a question that I'm getting asked quite a bit lately, um, given that I've also had some pretty big changes um, in my life. But um, I think like, you know, the I've, always been relatively consistent but the last three years I've been really consistent um in the world cup races and you know most of the time I'm on the podium and then towards the back end of the season I was really getting like the last two world cups I was second and so close to fighting for that win um but yeah I think like the probably really the biggest key is my consistency to my training and my racing and sort of how I approach each race and each season um I think is probably the really the biggest um, biggest thing to be able to make the jump um, this year. Yeah. And I read, um, have you changed coaches recently? Is that another factor? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah for sure. Um, yeah. In November, I took a new coach. Um, I Yeah. Dan had been coaching me for the most part of my career. Um, and, yeah, I think just that, you know, we kept – most of the things sort of the same but just introducing a few slight changes in the structure of the training and I think um, that's really just helped me kind of go from my strengths to finding these new just 
little differences um, that sort of helped a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I read actually that you, that he was kind of trying to be really structured and you were kind of fighting against that a bit. <laughs> yeah, um, we have completely different backgrounds. He's, um, you know, he's a, like, coaches are, not what they used to, you know, there's so much more science and numbers to it these days. And I'm very like, I need to enjoy my training and I hate doing intervals. So I really like, you know, had to keep a lid on him um, on that side of things. But we found a really good balance. And, um, you know, I've only started working with him in November and I only met him, I've only met him twice to this point now. Um, so we're still very much like getting to know each other. And I think um, we worked really, really hard in those first few months with communication and just sort of trying to find the right way. And I think um, with more time, things will settle down and it'll be a bit more of a rhythm and a routine. Mm-hmm. It's interesting you mentioned that actually, because I feel like coaches are like, re- they're so science based and so kind of in their you know, if we have this perfect scenario, it will deliver this outcome, but then don't always take into account the fact that athletes are humans who are like, yes, 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 for sure. (laughs) And there's a lot of, to be said about, you know, having the right mentality as well as the right training. So if you're enjoying it, that's kind of also gonna, gonna help. Right. Yeah. I think it, it actually works really well because it takes a lot of responsibility away from me. You know, I know that if I control, if I make sure that I'm enjoying what I'm doing and if I don't want to, not that I don't want to do a session. There's a lot of sessions that I, but do you know what I mean? Like I know when it's good for me to do so when I, it's like maybe this is too much at the moment. And so he can sort of try to create the perfect scenario and then he just has to compromise with what I know is going to be okay with me and enough to keep me like stimulated, mentally happy, in a good place, enjoying what I'm doing. So he, you know, he can kind of create the ideal scenario and then we scale back a little bit from there to what's going to make, me happy yeah oh, it sounds like a good balance and actually in the same um interview I also read um it was like just after you won in Brazil and you said that um kind of I think you were asked about what if it if it's given you confidence and you kind of said like you were asked about kind of how it felt and you said maybe after a few more wins it will feel more real you've had a few more wins now does it feel real <laughs> Yeah, I I think um yeah, it's like winning a World Cup is something that doesn't I don't know if it would ever feel real. Um, you know, and I think Brazil was sort of like, you know, there was girls who had illness in Brazil with tummy bugs or whatever and it was still, oh, it's the first World Cup of the season and then everybody's saying I had favorable conditions, even though the whole of Australia is not hot and humid. <laughs> um but yeah, it's sort of like it was that one where maybe she got a bit lucky and I think so it, those second, the winning in the last two World Cups really like cemented that I earned that win and I earned these two wins and I think like, you know, at the moment I'm the fastest rider in the world and like that's really an overwhelming thing to think, um, let alone believe and I think I think it's probably saying that like maybe in five years time I might reflect back and really believe that. But at the moment it's just like, you know, I'm living in those moments that I've worked so hard for over the last however many years. But it's like I never really, like I'm very like a realistic person and I've never realistically thought I'm going to be world number one or I'm going to win a World Cup. Um, 
yeah, it's quite overwhelming. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, also not to kind of like um, force the topic, but I've interviewed a few riders recently who've mentioned the term imposter syndrome, women. And I don't know if it's like something that, for me, I think that men are more ready to own the hard yards that they've put in to get to achieve things and get results. Do you think that's an element of it or do you think it's just part of your personality to be more kind of grounded and realistic as you put it? Yeah, I think it's very much my personality. I'm very like, yeah, I think I'm pretty grounded. Um, But yeah, I mean, as far as owning the hard work, I think like that's what's actually making it feel so unreal. I think if you have a lot of success when you're young or early, maybe you don't appreciate really the true value of what you've worked for or what you've achieved. And I think um, just given like the ups and downs of my career and sort of what I've been through, I think it's like that's why it feels so unbelievable, I think. I think when you achieve something that just at times seemed, well, mostly all the time seemed completely impossible and then to just come out and do it and to do it again three times is like that's what like you just I feel like I'm just waiting for something to go wrong and everything's just been so right oh well I mean yeah hopefully like that's not gonna happen don't have to worry about that has it given you more confidence in the way you race as well because I mean at Novimesto you kind of just went from the beginning um I was there and I like rocks up a little bit late for the start of the women's race and you'd already gone and I was like oh <laughs> yeah I think um for sure like Brazil you know and it's the way the other riders see you as well it's sort of like I feel like in Brazil yeah Beck's here but Beck's always here and one or two laps to go she'll like lose a few seconds or you know she won't be there at the finish and then I was and then so that also gave me the confidence to know that I can still be there at the finish. And then Alstad, I, you know, like you can see sort of over the three races sort of how my head is changing or how my races are changing. And, I mean, it depends on the courses as well. But, yeah, like in Alstad, I've never ridden like that before with that confidence knowing if I'm still here with a few laps to go, like I can race for the win. And then Novomesto, I just, I don't know, just it felt right and that's, how it went um but it was like 100% not the easy way to win a world cup it's not like it's not the easy way to be in the front from start to finish um so I don't know if that'll be my tactic next time (laughs) are those um would you say those are I mean they're all quite different courses right are they is there an element of like ones that suit you ones that don't or is it just like you're strong or you're you're not strong on the day with mountain biking yeah I think um for it depends on the riders for example like there's a lot of riders that are just climbers and they need a course to sort of suit their strengths and not expose their weaknesses too much um but I think you know in the last few years it's really like you have to be a really well-rounded rider um and to be able to perform on all courses and I think um that's probably like that's coming better towards my strengths as opposed to when it was just pure climbers courses. I think, um, yeah, as a rider, I'm, I have a lot of weaknesses for sure, but I think um, they're kind of equal in all aspects. Um, you know, I'm not particularly amazing at anything, but I think I'm quite solid at sort of 
as the package. Um, so, yeah, and I think, you know, when you have form, you have form. It doesn't matter um, really what the course is. And I think um, for me, I really started to believe that after winning a short track race. Yeah, would that not be something that you'd normally expect to do well in or...? Yeah, no, I'm definitely like, I'm one of the smaller riders in the field, um, you know, and short track really favours sort of the stronger, bigger girls. And, um, yeah, I won a sprint in a short track and then I was second in the next one in a totally not favourable course. So it was just like, wow, when you, yeah, when you have good form and a bit of confidence, um, yeah, it really, you can be there. Yeah. On a, the kind of, from like a, a road perspective looking at mountain biking it from the outside at least in terms of like coverage the courses um and like the exposure that the women get with alongside the men it seems to be a lot more equal um is that your experience from the inside yeah for sure I think like I've always been really grateful to be a female mountain biker as opposed to a female road cyclist um you know it's it's frustrating um you know and it is just like it's like where do you start um and I think yeah like in mountain bike we're so lucky I think our races are both on the same weekends the big races are are world cups and men and women together world championships and I think like you know in the early days for sure people come to see the men and the women's crowds are always small but I think like now the sport is just so big that you know, it's it's a full house for the men's race and the women's race. And it's not just, oh, just come a little bit early to see the end of the women's race and watch the men. They're there to see all of it. And I think um, the women's racing is, a well, now both all is amazing. But um, a few years ago when the men's was very, like, dominated by Nino or Absalon and the women's racing is quite unpredictable. Um, and so we have a lot of different winners and I think that really keeps people engaged but as far as like the support and everything I think there's probably still well there is for sure still some difference in salary but I think it's nowhere near the scale of what um what they what women's road has to experience and as far as support like you know my team for example is there predominantly for me and you know as a female and I have male teammates and so you know it's um it's really cool like that that we have access to the same support um, as the men. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. It's funny as well. Like we have like the same conversations about women's races versus men's on the road too. Kind of like it's way more dynamic. It's way more aggressive. It's actually a lot more interesting to watch most of the time. Um, but like, yeah, what um, what would you kind of put that down to? Is it just like the equal exposure, like the courses and that sort of thing? Or do you think it's like an attitude within the discipline yeah I think it would be really hard to put it down to any one thing but I think um you know this say for example the speed difference it, obviously the men are riding the courses faster but in mountain biking maybe that's not so visible um whereas on the road like a, the bunch of men going compared to the women it looks quite a bit slower and maybe that looks less interesting um you know and I think also maybe to see women doing the things we're doing on mountain bikes is actually probably more impressive than watching the men. Um, so I think, you know, maybe that aspect and, but I think it's so much the accessibility that 
you can go and watch both races in one day. You don't have to choose one or the other. They're not on separate weekends or, you know, and the races are 90 minutes. Um, they're not several hours long. And I think that really helps to keep people engaged. Yeah. But you have also said um, that you think that mountain biking isn't reaching its potential. What would you put that down to and kind of what what would you say might help that along? Yeah, it's a, that's a hard one. Um, for sure, it's not reaching its potential. People love the sport. There's like mm, spectators at every World Cup. People are taking every opportunity to see, see mountain bike racing. Um, but, yeah, I think, um, you know, it's hard. Like I'm the, the female rider rep for mountain bike on the Athletes Commission with the UCI. Um, and it's, yeah, like now there's a lot of changes coming with Discovery Sports taking over mountain bike for the next eight years and, is it good? Is it bad? Um, you know, I think honestly, probably UCI has kept too much of a lid on the sport um, for the potential it has to be big. Um, but yeah, I guess it's just now keeping an open mind to see see what happens. Yeah. Oh, so unlike the UCI to uh, kind of block the growth of anything, <laughs> especially women's sport as well. <laughs> um, so. Obviously, you're one of very few, if not the only, female Australian um, cross-country rider. And you were the first in a long time to win a World Cup. What? Obviously, it's much harder for riders from that side of the world to race over in Europe. Um, but aside from that, like what, what do you think, or do you think that is the main barrier to kind of more riders coming through? Yeah, I think it's like it's pretty hard thing. Visibility is a big thing. Like we haven't had any. Dan and I have been over the last ten years the only, not even necessarily successful, but just the only Aussie riders visible for the young ones to see. It can I make a career out of this? And I think like that's really hard. And then you know, obviously it's as an Aussie, you have a lot of travel and expense and there's our federation is hopeless at supporting, like it's starting now, but it's, you know, on the whole over the big picture, we've, the support's been appalling. And I think, um, you know, that is just like people slip through the cracks a lot. Um, and then even if you get to a pretty good level where if you were based in Europe, you'd have a team as an Aussie, it's like it's more of an investment for the team because of the expenses and the travel and then you're not here to race all season long and so you know you really have to bring something and be worth the effort and the investment from the team and I think that's so hard when there's such limited number of places in teams. So do you think the the kind of onus is on like the national federation to do more to kind of support riders and promote the sport or do you think it's like something that teams over here need to be more open to um I think it's uh, it's a lot of things um I think the media in Oz needs to do better to like bring that visibility of we can be really good at this sport we're good at downhill racing we're good at road cycling so there's no logical reason why we wouldn't be good at mountain bike if people could see that there's a pathway there or there's a way and and there's a way without a pathway if you have that determination and that want 
to do it. Um, and I think that's really important from for the riders to see. And then obviously the Federation needs, like they are in their defence stepping up at the moment and creating, trying to create a pathway and bringing added support. But I think, you know, that's like there's a long way to go with that because of the absence of support and they're building from nothing. Um, so it'll be a long time, I think, before we have more than just the odd rider here and there. Um, at the moment, I think I'm as a cross-country rider, I'm the only professional Aussie at the moment, um, which is just crazy. Um, there's just no reason why we wouldn't, we could, we can't be good at this sport. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, like you say, on the road, there's plenty of riders. So clearly the discipline needs more focus. Yeah, yeah. For sure. I think it's like it's coming and I don't want to press too hard about it, but um, I've always been pretty open with um, just the lack of support for for high-performance Aussies in mountain biking. Yeah. Have you ever been tempted, this is a classic like person from road sector publication thing to ask, but have you ever been tempted to um, try any other discipline or has it just always been mountain biking for you? Um, I, I love riding my road bike. I train on it more than my mountain bike. Um, and I, you know, I've been in road nationals at home plenty of times and do the odd race here and there, but I think, um, mountain biking is my passion. And I think, you know, as we were talking about before, even with opportunities, there's more opportunities. Maybe now I think it's improving a lot, but when I was starting to race, there was more opportunities for me as a mountain biker than I would have ever had on the road. So I think, you know, I see for young boys coming through, it's like maybe their passion is mountain bike, but hey, I can get this, my foot in the door here or a, a contract here and, you know, like, and then the opportunities really open up. But I think I've never even had that temptation dangled in front of me. And, um, yeah, I I love mountain bike racing and I think that's it'll always be like that. Yeah. No, I think that's fair enough. Also, mountain biking is way cooler. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> We're not the cool kind. We're cross country, you know. <laughs> it's still cooler than road, for sure. <laughs> but I didn't say that. <laughs> um, so after all this um, success, after all these wins, um, do you feel any pressure going into the rest of the season or is it kind of like, oh, there's a weight off my back? Um. It's just now shifting goals again. I think I achieved way more than I set out to do this year. Um, so it's kind of like I can a little bit go back to like old Beck who's really consistent. I've like achieved those wins and now I really want to be consistent for the rest of the season and sort of fight for those top places in, in the overall. Um, and then there's world champs uh, coming later in the year. But I don't have any pressure, um, which is – you know, we sort of made a choice that there's no pressure with this. I I was a bit nervous before Brazil because I am I in good shape, am I not? But, you know, I've performed under pressure even though it was only like external pressure, if you know what I mean. Like but yeah, I think it's I think the pressure is it doesn't have to be there. Um, you know, and yeah, I've achieved like well more than I set out to do this year. And so I think it's not even a weight off the shoulders. It's just like, well, let's just go and enjoy what we're doing. Yeah. 
I think that's it's great that you've that you have that mentality because I think it'd be very easy for someone to kind of be like oh now I need to carry on this streak or like make sure I can hold on to the overall or yeah um, I think um like the more you win I think the more if people get used to seeing you win so quickly like six weeks ago I hadn't had a world cup win and then now after Amsterdam, I was like, oh, well, Beck's got it in the bag. It's like, no, like you still have to turn up and like everything has to go right. But pe- people get used to it so quickly. And I think when you win, you think I have to win again. And if I don't win, I'm failing because I have won. But you always have those wins. And I think, you know, like I was talking to my manager and he was like, at some point you're not going to win. Like it's whether that's tomorrow or whether that's in three months' time, like, the winning stops. And so once you, like, accept that and go, it's either today or whenever it it's coming. And I think that really, like, helped me to really take the pressure off. Yeah. Yeah, I imagine the temptation to kind of raise the bar a bit too high would be there. But, yeah. Well, you said before you're realistic, so that's obviously a good a good trait to have in this case <laughs> yeah for sure um and actually in terms of like the calendar again this is a potential like ignorant roadie question but it seems like there's a obviously you have the world cup calendar and then how many how much more racing do you do in between those and like obviously worlds and that sort of thing yeah this is the first time we've had nine world cups um last year was six um, so it's, that's quite an increase um, in top-level racing that you really have to be informed for. And, um, you know, we were in Brazil and then we've got to go to Canada and North America. So it's – I think I'll only have three or four other races in Europe this year. I race in Oz. I started racing in Oz in January. And, you know, just like as you build your form and, um, you know, just for fun. Um but yeah, this year the racing outside of the World Cups is is quite limited, just because there's not that much time in the calendar, and you still have to fit in fit in some training. Yeah, yeah. I guess for for you guys, like there's fewer races, but they're spread. They seem to be spread quite far around the world. Um, although not in Australia. <laughs> Would you like to see that? Or? Yeah, for sure. We had um, World Champs in Oz in 2017, and we had a few World Cups um, leading up before that. And then before that, it was 2009. Um, I would love to see the World Cup, a World Cup. Um, but Brazil was a great step. And it's, you know, even now back to two races in North America over one um, is really good. And I think, you know, it's such a fine balance between being a World Cup but also the teams need to be able to get to the races, afford to get to the races. Um, and if it becomes too global, then only the big teams sort of can participate because then, yeah, the ones with smaller budgets will have to sacrifice on riders. Or um, So, yeah, like there's always more to it than what you think and, you know, there's what we want, but then what's realistic, right? Yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah, I guess it's not quite the same as like the whole kind of carnival road racing going across somewhere, but like still costs a lot of money for teams. And actually on that, obviously you have a team, but mountain biking is like 
it come it seems to be an individual sport right like you're an individual athlete in the race I guess in a way you do have like the team behind the scenes rather than a team like in the race for you but yeah do you like that element of it is kind of like in the race it's just like you on your own I think um it's yeah to try and match it like compare it with road is like really difficult um it's it is a team sport in a in a totally different way um you know you are out there alone um and the your outcome doesn't depend on your teammates or you know and training and I think more so when you're a junior or young like you are like it is an individual sport you you're doing it pretty much on your own with support of mum and dad or I think like there's no way to do it without support whatever level that is and obviously professionally it's it's a team support and there I think like the dynamic of the teams is different to road um for me my team is very much my staff there that's my team environment and I think what we bring to the races together is just it's so different to the road I think the riders kind of like to have less interaction with the staff and it's more between the riders and I think um yeah, it's just different, but I think um, it's still very much a team sport. Like I 100% couldn't get these results without all the work that is going on behind. And I think it's more individualised, like working together with the bike to have it perfect, whereas I think road is you don't have to fight for those tiny little details as much um, as far as like your setup goes and things like that. And so, it's yeah, it's just different. Yeah. Yeah, I'll stop making silly comparisons. To be fair, it's not the same sport. (laughs) Really hope you enjoyed Amy's chat with Rebecca McConnell. Remember, there is a World Cup this weekend in Austria and you can watch it live on Red Bull TV online. It's super easy to watch, so make sure to tune in. The short track is particularly exciting and the women's tour is on all week, so you can watch that as well. We'll be back next week to talk all about it. Thank you for listening and have a great week.